This is the second part of a three-part series that features Bob Daniels, former executive director of the Tile Council of America. He now heads the team of flooring inspectors. I guess the testing is really important, isn't it? I mean, I'm sure a lot of people think they know what the latest methods are, but in reality, they don't. One of the most astounding things is here's an industry that's been thousands of years old. Tile is found in ancient Egypt and Rome, and it's still there. And uh, it always amazed me as I toured around Europe to see tile that was installed in 100 B.C. or 200 B.C. that is fine, good work, and they didn't have the tools. So it's been around a long time. On the other hand, new products come out all the time. And if you think, okay, here's a new product, I don't need to learn something new, you're wrong. You, you better read the instructions on the bag box or whatever. It, it, it's different. I saw at uh, one of the big box stores, they're selling a small container of grout. If you're going to do a small backsplash or something, you just buy this one little can or bottle of grout, add water, and you use it. Now, it, it costs more per square foot. You wouldn't want to do a big job with it, but it, you know, otherwise you're buying a bag and and throwing it away if you're doing a small job. So there's always something new. There's fast-setting adhesives, which is good if you're trying to do a job where you have to finish quickly. But on the other hand, if you want to take the time and adjust the layout, you don't want a fast-setting thin mm -hmm. set. Also, tile varies in the amount of water that the body of the tile absorbs. And it, the high water absorption tiles, which were the old traditional wall tiles, have the advantage of being lightweight and sticking easily. The, adhes the adhesive sticks to that very well. But lately, we're going more and more into the very low water absorption tile, which are called porcelain tile. Mm -hmm. These can absorb from 0 to 0.5% moisture under the moisture test. Well, therefore, they're very glass-like. And, and, in fact, there is glass tile, too. That requires a different adhesive because you don't have the same grab of the uh, design of the adhesive. So you have to use the corresponding correct adhesive for a glass tile, a porcelain tile, a wall tile, a wet area, um, a, just a typical floor, a wood floor, a backerboard floor, backerboard being a specially designed material such as cement board or equivalent for tile. Mm -hmm. So, again, knowledge is king, and you need a lot of it. You know, I've been to installation uh, seminars, I, mean, I guess hands-on uh, training situations, and uh, I was at one in the ceramic sector, and they asked the the installers how many had heard of of the um, of the handbook, the um, the the Tile Council of America handbook, and 
initially not one hand went up. I think later one hand went up, and that was because I think the guy's boss was there. But do you find that to be the case in, in, in a lot of cases? I mean, as you mentioned, this thing has been around for 40 years. You would think it would be memorized by a lot of people. Well, one of the funny things is that, uh, and you and I have talked about this before, that in the course of my career I've had a lot of phone calls from people with all kinds of questions. And one particular phone call, somebody called and, and asked uh, me if there are standards for tile. And I said, well, before I answer that, could I ask you what your connection to the industry is? And he said, I'm a tile installer. <laughs> and I said, okay, you're a tile installer, and you don't know there are standards? <laughs> and I said, of course there's standards. The amount of work going into ANSI, American National Standard Institute, ASTM, American Society for Testing and Materials, and ISO for the international aspect is astounding. The number of meetings and votes that go on to set standards for the tile, for the installation methods, and the installation materials is just astounding. People from all over the world show up at these meetings, mm -hmm. and we have all kinds of standards. And you need to get these standards. They're readily available either from ANSI, ASTM, or the Tile Council. And, and hey, it tells you what to do. And, but, yes, we all the time run into strange stories of people that don't know there are standards. It I built a house a few years ago. I asked the, the architect that, designed it or helped design it if he had a tile council handbook and he said oh yes and he went in the back room and pulled out about a 10 year old handbook that was <laughs> dusty and said here it is but as he said here was his response I have to deal with thousands of products I can't learn them all therefore I need to rely on reliable subcontractors and that's the the lesson we talked about. Well, I think that if if you're getting into business, or even if you've been a retailer in the ceramic business for a good while, it would seem like if you're interviewing um, uh, tile contractors, uh, tile installers, you've got a great chance that the guy that you're interviewing doesn't really know what the standards are and is going to be a problem for you. It would seem like you got a great chance that that you know that, that that's how it'll play out. No, it's absolutely true. I, I fully agree. It, uh, I encourage distributors to keep standards on hand and actually give some out to people if they don't have them. Just buy a few extra copies of the handbooks and uh, give them out. Well, as uh, uh, it, it sounds to me like a retailer in the business, it wouldn't be an awful bad idea. You had mentioned read the first 20 pages, but it would seem like it would be a good idea to read a good deal more than that. Well, the reason I mentioned the however many pages, that, where those go into the generic aspects of tiling. 
after that, once you get into specific methods, and there may be a hundred methods, I wouldn't expect anybody to memorize them. Mm-hmm. They need, except the ones they use often, they would just refer to a given method. Okay, I'm going to be doing an exterior cladding next week. So look that up and read that section. And you're not going to memorize this unless you're really into studying and have a great memory. Yeah, but knowing it's there, I think, would be, you know, of utmost importance. Know what it is. Know what the chapter titles are. Well, the the indexing that they're using now, fortunately, makes it easy to find things. Plus, it is available electronically on CD-ROM. Mm-hmm. And I believe that you can actually download it from uh, their website. But I would say if anyone's interested, they should contact the Tile Council and discuss uh, how can I get a copy of this. The cost of running all the committees, doing the technical work, printing the handbook, and so forth is pretty high. So there are some charges to buy these things, as well as ANSI charges for standards if you want a copy. Uh Uh-huh. But uh, um, this uh, store can get away with one copy and then yeah, use it. Yeah, yeah, But I also advocate training programs for salespeople because salespeople can get the job into trouble, too, by over-promising what's going on. Oh, sure, you can use this. Just do it. You know, put it outside in the winter. It doesn't matter. You hear... These things. So the salespeople, in their desire to move product, can mislead people, and that causes lots of problems out in the field. Which yes, I'm sure you expectations yeah. are not met. There's dissatisfaction. Somebody once asked me what I what was a uh, a proper tile job, and I said, well, really, it's one that the buyer is happy with whoever the buyer is or the user. Uh-huh. You know, if they're not happy, even if it technically meets some standard, you haven't won that uh, job over. And um, I think later we may talk about uh, what kind of failures we see in the field. And one of them that's a tough to de- one to deal with is appearance because it's subjective. People say, I don't like the way my job looks. Well, what do you mean you don't like the way it looks? What what are we talking about? Um, what did you want? What did you expect? Who designed it? Um, anything could be misled as to specify this job. So therefore, that's one of the toughest things for an, a field inspector to deal with is so-called I don't like the job. <laughs> I don't know why. And you can't, yeah. It just doesn't look the way they had envisioned it for whatever reason. Yeah, Dave, you know, way back, uh, you didn't <laughs> mention this early on, but uh, I had built a tile factory and got in the business that way. And the first complaint that I ever had as of tile we made was it was from a law firm office in Milwaukee that said they didn't like the color. Now, that that's a tough one to deal with because they said, well, we had a sample board, and then the, you know, the tile guy came and put in the tile. Of course, they let him put the whole job in, and then they didn't like the color. 
that's not a, not a very good way to deal with it. But uh, but we and we we didn't even go and look at the job. I just said, well, I'll tell you what, uh, I'll give you credit for the tile, and they were happy with that. So um, that's an example of things that can happen. Yeah, I guess the message there is to be aware when you're putting tile into a lawyer's office. Yes, as the last time I was in a tile store looking at tile, which wasn't too long ago, they had a notice. Once you put this in, it's yours. <laughs> <laughs> good advice, good advice. Yes, right. Um, well, you had mentioned some of the biggest problems. What are some of the big problems that the industry runs into as it relates to ceramic? Well, of all the people that we've talked to that are in inspectors and or handling complaints, there's pretty much consensus that the leading problems are, one, cracked grout or cracked tile. And I put them in one category, although they, they could be different, but typically it's the same cause of grout and tile cracking. So that's one thing. Number two is loose tile, where the tile is coming off the floor, sounds hollow, it has a crunchy sound when you walk on it, or they actually, the tile has come off the floor. A number three problem is the thing we talked about with the improper water control mm -hmm. in a wet area, which could lead to mold, mildew, people trying to clean around the edge of the shower receptor or tub can never get the mold and mildew off because it's coming from behind so you can move it remove it on the surface but more will come through and that's an and or water leakage that again is part of the same mm -hmm. parcel then i mentioned earlier appearance defects where the way the job is laid out the way the wall and floors line up and or some angle cutting and things that they don't like. And then the other one big thing is a category of what we would call lippage, meaning the heights of one tile next to another, which could be due to the installation being improper or the tile being warped. Mm -hmm. And therefore, you could actually trip. It may and it may not look good, and especially when you get oblique lighting, um, things that they call, for example, on the wall, wall washers, where you have lights along the corner of the ceiling. That angular light coming in will accentuate any lippage of tile or tilted tiles. I see. This is going to conclude the second part of a three-part series. We're talking with Bob Daniels, former executive director of the Tile Council of America. He now heads the team of flooring inspectors. We'll air the final part of this series tomorrow. This is Floor Radio.